Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower, helping teenagers and parents to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host and transformational coach, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. And if it's your first time, a big welcome. And if you're a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for your support. Now, today I have Jonathan Nazario from Florida, and I'm really excited to have Jonathan here. Um, he's um, one of my young, young, younger guests. I, you know, I haven't had a, a sort of a young guest on my show for a while, so I'm really excited um, to have him here. Now, Jonathan is uh, 18. Um, he's an 18-year-old self-published author who has written a self-help book called Society, The World in Which We Live. Now, Jonathan is here to talk about empowerment amongst other things. So without further ado, let me say hello to Jonathan. Hey, John- Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Oh, bless you. Bless you. How's Florida? Is it, I can only imagine it must be nice and warm and sunny there at the moment. I mean, it's recently come down in temperature. So yeah, it's nice, warm, but it was just hot a week ago. So I'm planning for it to go back to hot. Uh-huh. I don't know. The heated seats in my car is feeling a little lonely. That's oh, is it? it is. <laughs> oh, bless you, bless you, bless you. Well, like I said, you know, I'm really excited to have you and I can't wait to get into this conversation. Now, I always ask my guests um, at the beginning of our conversation before we kind of get deep into, into our conversation. Um, I'd love to, I always like asking this question and it is, uh, what would you like people to take away from your talk and why would they listen? I feel like, So let's start off from the math way of like why you should listen to me is that like all the steps that it took for me to get here is statistically improbable. So that means I have to be onto something at the very least. It might not be the finished product, but I have to be on some steps to go somewhere because I've made it this far. So you should simply listen because the statistics, if you want to, if you're a math person, if you're not, then like (laughs) you should listen because you got to hear my ideas. I'm a young person. I have fresh ideas in my opinion with some older wisdom it seems Mm -hmm. but it's just something for you to take light of and note as I think I have a different set of eyes and I can really express my values in a more mature way compared to other people my age Mm -hmm. so I would be like a like a representative of my generation if you will to an extent wonderful excellent 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 and um, now we've got that question out the way please share with us a little bit about your background uh, Jonathan I mean, I don't really have that much of a resume if you think about it. I do have yeah. the book, which uh-huh. comes to things. I have some prior work experience, more or less. But it's just looking around and observing and then seeing what the difference between reality, people, finding your own patterns, and then mapping them out and then testing things with just Google, in a sense, is that you can Google just about everything. But if you use Google in a good way... You can then learn information and then you can start to create your own theories, test that information against your reality, come up with your own new theories. Then when you get to the part of where you can't really Google your problem, you know, you're in uncharted territory in a way. Wow. That's powerful. Wow. That's pretty deep already. My God, it's only the beginning. (laughs) Like it's one of those things, because if you look at what, how Google is designed to work, it's a search algorithm. So what most people search for is going to come up at the top. You want to find information that isn't well-known. So you can't just go to the first page of Google with your problem. If it is, your problem's too light. If you're reaching page 40, page 50 of Google, maybe you're starting to get an answer. It's like, all right, now let me start my own research. Let me test my own reality to figure out really what it is. Wow. 
Wow, wow, that's pretty powerful stuff, uh, Jonathan. Never looked at it that way. Wow, you've just opened, uh, yeah, just opened my eyes <laughs> in a completely different way. And that's what that's all what life life's about, isn't it? It's about kind of learning and evolving and everything. And you've just literally just kind of switched the light bulb um, on in that area already. And I can't wait to, yeah, can't wait to get into into into, into this conversation because, uh, yeah, you've already kind of blown me. <laughs> in blow my mind um already now you kind of mentioned that um off paper off off record you said that you're quite a hum- you're quite a humble kid aren't you and you're always full of ideas and you didn't have an outlet to obviously express your ideas and that's why you ended up looking at um you know you was on a search for you know motivational speakers you were looking at motivational speakers on youtube do you want to elaborate a little bit on that of course so before I started writing the self-help book, I was gone to a phase of my life where I was like motivation. So I went around doing my own Googles, listening to people, seeing their experience, and then watching them over time. So I did basically a case study on some of these people. And I found the difference between self-help people that take one thing that happens in their life and rides it out for their entire life. And those that keep having new stories because they keep making those smart and pattern, those pattern-based changes in their life to keep adding their self-help list because like you can have one event you can write it off that's just pure chance but if you can do it multiple times and you can keep doing it that shows that you're growing still and that shows that you can also help others grow because you've identified a pattern subconsciously or consciously it shows that there's a pattern and that's really what's a little bit more important in life is sometimes the pattern because that leads to consistency when something's consistent you can use it you can rely on it and then you can act on it in a sense because then you know what's going to happen. You know how to then react to that something that's going to happen. And you can create a chain of continuity in a sense. Okay, so these motivational speakers, they were, am I right in saying that they were, they were just kind of saying, singing the same song from the same hymn, hymn sheet? They weren't evolving in any way. It was always the same thing and you weren't being motivated by them. Well, the motivation still worked for them. It's just that if you look at it, it shows there was no growth. Because motivation in itself is something that you can really give to yourself in a way, but it's the process of how people try to monopolize it that's become sort of the issue. Um, So as you get deeper into the YouTube search algorithms, you start looking at other motivation, motivational speakers that aren't truly well known. They'll talk on different topics because they really have to try that much harder to reach up to the status that other people have lived up to. So it's fine digging deeper in a sense to find what you're looking for because those people are going to have the answers but it's not going to be well known because a lot of people stop at okay you need to start going further that way you can do more that way you can be different than everyone else got you i i I understand what you understand what you mean because you're saying that all the ones that are tried and tested the ones that are well known obviously you know they've got their pattern and they obviously like you said they've monopolized they're obviously trying to monopolize the market so they have to fit or fit their content within a box to get that um, interest and to get that cash flow coming in. Whereas, as you said, you know, those that are just, you know, obviously starting out, not making any money, not, you know, obviously making any finance from it, they have to try that much harder um, so that their research or their growth will be a lot more wider and a lot more deeper. Is that what, is that what you're saying? Basically, because it takes money to make money in this world. So if you don't have enough money to market your product, in a sense, or you're, you're just get it out in the air. You have to rely on basically luck to get it 
off the water or just that much more effort into that product mm-hmm. to then get it out there because it needs to be significantly better than all the all the competition right and it takes a lot to really break that barrier when everyone's used to the same content right. with with motivation and then with that same content that they're expecting they're also expecting it to fit within a certain framework so if it doesn't fit into it they don't really believe it because of how many of the other ones that they've heard so if you uh, believe by power of majority mm, they're going to be like what is this this isn't what i'm asking for right so it's kind of it's it's looking outside the box isn't it it's it's looking further than what you're used to you know and and really challenging what you're what you're hearing and what you're seeing and wanting to know more and and digging <laughs> deep now, I have a question for you. Yeah. What do you think is the purpose of a traffic light? And what do you think the purpose of a stop sign is? Wow. It's to, for you to pause and to um, consider and to meditate and decide. And then when you're ready, then you can go. On a stop sign? Technically, yes. But in nature, a stop sign clusters traffic. Or no, never mind, I apologize. A stop sign staggers traffic because everyone needs to come to a complete stop, then one car goes, then after you count to four, another car is going to go. But then if you do a stop sign, if you do a traffic light, it's the exact opposite. It clusters traffic together. It sends one wave of traffic. So when you get, if you get into traffic science and if you really start to think about like lane mathematics and all that stuff, it's things that you wouldn't think about have connections to them as to why they're there. Things that we don't always think about have a meaning as to why they're there. That's a little bit more deep than we expect. So same, there's another principle with that with drive-throughs. And I question people at work because I work at McDonald's and I'm like, for the drive-through, why is it that the one that cashes people out is always taking the lane closer to the building? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, because the lane closer to the building is always here. We can close off the other lane, but someone always needs to cash people out because we always got to get money. Mm. And then we always got to take that first order and people are more likely to go closer to the building. And they're like, that's a good point. I'm like, this is what you got to think about if you want to create patterns, because this information in nature is meaningless. But if you combine that thought process of thinking more about something and you combine that into patterns, it's going to teach you how to think more about the topic that you want to know more about. It's going to teach you how to think. And then after you know how to think, it's going to teach you how to research and develop further. And then you can start to implement on your own eventually. But implementation is kind of already done and more so solved but the thought process isn't. Wow. Yeah. I completely, I mean, we could just go on and go on. I mean, this, we could go deep, but I've got so many other questions for you, Jonathan. Wow. Oh, la, la. Oh, la, la. I mean, your book is uh, obviously, it's, a, it's the tone is sort of philosophical and it's, there's a hint of, you know, a bit about education, a bit about business how did you, I know obviously this came from um, your, you know, your journey into motivational speakers and you wanted to do your own thing and you wanted to obviously, you had your, your own take on things. How, I mean, one, how did you decide on all those three areas, being philosophical about education and business and anything else? Well, philosophy in nature is taking is taking a variable. So when you're doing a math equation, if you do one plus one equals two, that's always going to be the same. But if you do X plus Y equals Z, that's philosophical in a way, because in nature, it's going to scale. Whatever you replace those variables with, it's going to scale to solve the problem. So if you think about philosophy in that sense, is that it's not giving one person one solution. It's giving 
everyone a broad idea. And then they all put in their inputs and outputs of what they think and what they need. And it gives them their own output. So it scales. The business world is something that everyone can relate to no matter what, because we all, for the most part, have to deal with business, unless we're a part of the CCP. Different point. But for the <laughs> most part, we still need to think about that. And we all know these big companies, they're all relatable in a sense. And they all have this, I like they all have this thing that's easily Google about. They have their backstory, it's clear cut, and it's not really gonna change. And you can use them as examples in a way to then illustrate the, philo- the, um, the philosophical part as you can put them as variables, plug them in, show people the outcome and show them the different outcomes within their own market. So it gives context, it gives an example, and it still uses the same formula and concept as shown before. Wow, okay. I'm going to have to really think about that. That's kind of, that's... So am I, I just want to make sure that I'm getting this right. It feels like what you're saying is that it's, I mean, we're all very, it's about us not taking things at face value and really getting, going really deep and adding our spin, our own spin on things. Um, Because, you know, we're all very, we're all very unique at the end of the day. And it's about finding our own answers as opposed to depending on someone else feeding us the answer. More or less, yes. But you don't want to dig as deep as the person that researched it. So the person that researches something is going to be the one that put the most energy into this to create their product. You need to do enough research as a person to be able to make the choice of what you want to go into based on the information that's given to you in your reality. So you need to find your reality. You then need to take that and insert it into different formulas till you get the right outcome. That fits well with you. Yeah, that fits well with you. Okay. Okay, get you, got you, got you, got you, got you. Now, just, you know, just staying on your book. How long did it take you to to write, Jonathan? Well, if we do it in months, it took me basically like six to eight months. Mm -hmm. But if we do it in like actual like hours, probably a lot less. Because I took breaks in between because I had high school going on at the time. And, but overall, it could have been done probably in like, three months of just straight time working at a consistent pace. Okay. And would you, I mean, obviously, like you said, you were studying, you was at high school. So were you quite disciplined? Did you kind of put aside, did you have a target or goal each each day? How many hours that you would do each day? I never had to put any discipline in my life until I started the book. That was the one thing. I never studied for any of my classes, still maintain good grades on the highest, hardest classes. It is what it is. Yeah. But then when this came around, I was like, I need to do something. I need to like be able to motivate myself to get something done because you can think about it all day, but I need to start. So at some point I told myself, I got to write one page a day of just words mm-hmm. just to build the stamina. Then I started making it to topics I want to talk about. Then I did it over a month. The next month I did two pages they became more cohesive. And then at the end of like two or three months, basically, I kind of just sewed it all together. And then that was it. Cause I just wrote about different topics. I wrote in a way that wasn't linear that way. Writer's block really wasn't the phenomenon. And it all just kind of weaved together. Cause I had the ideas already in my head and already written down. Brilliant. And how's the marketing is? Cause that's always the, I think the writing I'm so I'm told is the easy bit. But it's the it's the after bit, the self-promotion and the marketing and all of that. Is, is that true for you? Oh, yeah, that is definitely true. <laughs> marketing is a whole different 
animal in a sense, because there's no sense of scale in marketing. Because of the way marketing works, it basically is done in statistics. But if you don't have enough money to multiply the value, which is the CPM or the click rate of that statistic, it really isn't going to explode or balloon out without a budget. Because if you have enough budget, you can throw something at anything and it'll stick to a wall if you give it enough money. But when you have such a limited budget, marketing such a broad topic in a way, mm-hmm. and then you got to market to your audience, you need to then find this audience. You need to create them in a sense. Yeah. You need to have them take a risk on something that's completely new in a way. And then you need to tell them to spread it to their friends in a sense to then word of mouth because word of mouth is by far the best thing. It beats any marketing tool used, just word of mouth. And how how are you finding it then? Oh, it's pain. I've kind of just like (laughs) subconsciously given up on it because like I started it. Then I had to go figure out my SEO. SEO, search engine. Search engine optimization. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to sort that all out. And then now I need to figure out what I can drop money into to then get people to then get money out of. So the issue is finding that audience in a sense, because Amazon already knows they're selling a product. When someone goes to Amazon, they're like, they're selling a product. They don't know what product, but they've sold it already. So I need them to figure out how they're going to buy my book rather than a book. Mm. And that's something that's going to be talked about more or less in my second book is do you want to talk with somebody or do you want to talk with me or like someone like, do you want to talk to anybody or somebody specifically? So I need to figure out how to carve that part to myself in a way, but all the other authors that I've talked to that are my friends, I've more or less kind of let the tree fall as it may. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens, happens. Yeah. They, their fun was the writing of it. Yeah. So absolutely. we're all trying to test different ways to, to get it out there, to spread yeah. your message. Well, well done you, you know, for just writing a book. You know, not many, you know, teenagers have, have you know, has, have written a book. So well done you for doing that, you know. So that's, that's such a great achievement. And, and, so, and within sort of six to eight months, I mean, I don't know much about sort of the duration of, of books. I guess it, it's whatever, you know, whatever, however long it, it takes. But, you know, to me, six to eight months is a pretty, you know, pretty um short time you know um i'm sure um in sort of writing in the writing world now you're i don't want to um sort of delve on your book too much because i have to have a few other questions but you're tied to society the world in which we live what is your theory on how we came into this world oh that is not a good question to ask this is oh. a multi-hour conversation <laughs> oh is it okay just very summarizing like, please Okay, because I would have like a murder map. We'd talk about theory one, theory two, theory three, branch it all out, uh-huh. and then eventually cross eliminate them because the human mind can't physically process how we were created in a sense. Because that begs the question what is consciousness in nature? So, the- scientifically, we know what it is, but it brings about a lot of debates. In theory, right? What I'm going to say for the verbatim is that like, We're living in the third dimension. When we die here, I believe that our brains go back to the fourth dimension. And in that dimension, it's a scaling, scalable route all the way up dimensionally. Because something just doesn't make sense on how a world so mathematically sound, even though like the world itself should be mathematically sound for it to be a world in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because for something to exist, it needs to be, needs to fit. So since we exist, it could be due to statistics, just like 
random things happening. Or it could be because we aren't actually the ones in control of our own fate in a sense. And that when we die, our consciousness goes up to the fourth dimension. We go there and then we work somewhere there. Theoretically speaking, we're being used for something. Then they send us on these breaks and these breaks take us down to the third dimension where life's easier, life's simpler. And then after we have our short lifespans here, we go back up there. So even though it's a crazy one, Uh (laughs) there's that one, there's always the machine one. Then there's the entire, um, if God's here, if God's left, or if God never was here, those entire debates, what is God in nature? But okay, all right, you that's know, that's all but a giant thing to think it about. is, it is, you know. Um, I might have to get you back on when I cover that, you know, if I if and when I do cover that, um, area because that's um, a giant board, just a giant, it's giant isn't it? It's huge, it's huge. I mean, you by the sounds of it, Jonathan, you you know, you you think differently, and you, I guess, you're you said it actually in your intro compared to some of your you know sort of, um teenagers you know of your or, or, or boys of your age or, or girls of your age do what, what where do you think that comes from oh you, yeah i thought about this one for a long time so one of them was uh i was a product of my environment that truly is my belief because when i was a kid i used to live in new york when i was when i was a young little wee sprout and then during that time my favorite activity would be to just ride the bus and ride the train and just watch people not like watch them watch them but like watch the conglomerate mac like a macroscopic society function on a microscopic level i would sit by i would go watch construction sites like being built just for like a couple hours you know three Mm. four five hours sit there and just watch it that would be my activity for the day and i would just enjoy it because you'd be seeing a bunch of tiny things working to make one big project and you'd understand that everyone has their own thing to do within this giant project and even though they aren't they aren't all the same jobs they can all still interrelate to help each other job wise so it's just a very interesting concept from a young age this is like when i was three or four at the latest because i moved out of new york when i was three yeah so that was building it and then it was that my my dad, for the most part, he always kind of treated me like an adult past like 10. So he would sometimes need to break things down for me, but then he would break them down as a concept, then scale it up for me so I could fully understand and grasp the magnitude of it. So that's one of those things of like, there's that. And then there's always just Google. That's what I had around. Mm-hmm. I made use of it. I learned things on my own. Okay. And then I tested my own theories in reality. Yes. Based on my current reality, see what was right to what was false, created my own ideas, mm-hmm. then retested my new theories, saw, seen the results and adapted them. So kind of a scientific method in itself. Yeah, but that's just so unusual to, again, your thinking and your process and everything is, is very unusual to, I guess, the average teenager who's most probably thinking about the next party or meeting up with their friends or going to the mall and, you know, stuff like that. You know, are all of your friends very much on, you know, the same mindset as you? No, I really wish. (laughs) I really wish that we could all have our own side hustles. We could all interrelate with them. We could sit down, have a business conversation. No. But going back to that entire thing, it's that like, yeah, I have friends and such. And like, we all do our own things. But some of them don't understand what the hustle is sort of in a way. And some people don't have a desire to do that. And you have to accept that. You can't really change that about somebody. 
and I did forget what I was planning on saying instead. Yeah, that's okay. I apologize on that one, but it was something about like how I do things is that I crave efficiency. There we go. That's my entire more so motto in life is that the more efficient you are, the, the better that life is in a way. So if I do all my things faster than everyone else, I'll have more effective time than everyone else. Right. Therefore I can get what I, what they do and what I do done at the same, like in the same 24 hours. So okay. that's kind of made life a little bit easier is that always wanting to be faster than everyone in a sense. So that I can get more done because I have more effective time. Okay. And what have you, what processes have you put into place to be more efficient? What framework can you share with us? Cause I always like to share, you know, obviously, um, some tips uh, with our with our listeners is there anything you can share with us on that on that level well you can do more things at once do all of you do try to do a complex task and a simple task at the same time that way you can get you can understand you can process the complex task while doing a simple task so anytime you need to remember the complex task you can do the simple task to remember it so you prime your brain by connecting the two together and then you should always have a space in your house for anything that's important in your life. So anything that you're going to be doing, whether it's a side hustle, find a specific corner of a certain room, find a specific place to do it. That way, when you go inside that part, your brain's automatically primed to do this task. Priming yourself is half the battle because that way you don't need to get into the mindset. You are already there subconsciously as that makes life. That's just a shortcut, basically, to getting straight into there. The second thing is to actually enjoy what you do. Mm. it's really hard to say like to say it but if i didn't work where i loved what i do in a sense i would not be where i work right now but because i kind of i love it in a sense that's why i do it and that's why i can keep coming back to it with a smiling face that's why i can be the happiest one there because like i'm loving what i do and that's really undervalued in a sense the the lengths that you'll go to to be happy compared to just chasing money it's just like yeah chasing money is great you can mm. buy happiness with money just about but for those that time period the side effects of not of being miserable mm-hmm. over a long period of time is way worse mm-hmm. than anything that money can truly buy you in that instance brilliant 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 and any advice to our teenagers who are kind of going through a rough time at school um you know find it hard to navigate their teen years so anything else, anything there that you can, can, you can let's see you know, here. Well, for school, in a sense, for being a teenager, it's kind of like you float by or you don't. But those, those are the two paths. You don't have this in between. So if you can't just float by school, chilling out, taking the hardest classes and kind of sleeping around, you just got to work. You got to build discipline to match your people that are more talented, that are might grasp concepts a little bit faster. You got to build that foundation from the ground up and then you need to build that foundation with discipline because that way you're going to get that talent up there and then you're going to get your discipline, which is going to take you past them once you get back to their level. So it's definitely a big of a catch-up game is building that foundation and everything and having that discipline to do it. But if you're going to study, study for an hour or less. Don't waste more time than you have to. A day or just not a day. A day, but at a most. day. Okay. At most one hour. If you can do it in less time, minimum of about 10 minutes, maximum of an hour. And, 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 why an and why is that? And why is that, Jonathan? Is it because of well, retention? longer than an hour. You just, you're kind of just doing nothing. You're, like, yeah. you're just looking at information. You may or may not be absorbing it. Your retention rate is about probably around 5%. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? And then if you would have already 
done it for an hour before, you would already know it. So you can't test your knowledge until perhaps the next day when you come and look back at it. You're just going to be kind of throwing things at a steel wall. You aren't going to, it isn't going to sink in. And then up to 10 minutes is because you can look at something in 10 minutes and you can be like, oh, this is what that is. Like you can take 10 minutes to learn something. All it takes is 10 minutes to build a skill if you do it consistently. Consistently, consistency matters more than a lot of things in life. Mm-hmm. And it's really crazy. And I wish someone kind of told me that a little bit earlier. Like, if you're consistent, you're golden. Yeah. That's strangely true. Yeah. Wow. What about, I mean, you said that, I mean, you're, you're, I can see that you're a very smart kid. You said that when you was in high school, you didn't really have to study you but you still aced it in your exam some people are not as fortunate as you what about you know exams did you would you advise you know I guess our listeners to you know those who are not as smart and have to work that much harder is it again what you were just saying just try to be consistent and um not spend too much time studying Ooh, that's a topic in itself because in nature, I'm only a tiny bit above average as a person, but I built my foundation in of learning to be so, so much stronger. That way I don't have to study because I'll look at a topic. I'll then incorporate that topic in my daily life. So I am studying that topic without actually having to focus on that topic. Oh, okay. So you're, you're learning and you're reinforcing that topic without ever having to think about it. And that's one of the important things of studying in general is that don't make it painful. Mm. <laughs> like don't make it painful if you enjoy studying in a sense and you incorporate it into your daily life and you can figure out a way to use it every day you're gonna have to be so much further ahead and then you'll be able to think about it on the fly and you'll be like oh this is how this works because yeah. you're combining it to your life and yes. whenever you create that tie it creates that tie in your brain it strengthens that neuron every time it's used so it creates just a stronger area but that foundation is very important Okay. So is it something like, I don't know, if you're learning language, like Spanish, is it like trying to incorporate that into your everyday life by maybe, I don't know, listening to an audio tape on the way to school or, um, I don't know, listening to or watching films in Spanish? When you say incorporation, do you mean things like that? For languages, that actually does work surprisingly well. But I was talking about for concepts in general, like let's say you're a math person and you just can't grasp English for the life of you. Yes. Understand how math relates to English. Normally, people wouldn't understand that they are connected to each other. But a sentence is a formula. If you can do algebra, you can form a sentence. Then you expand that algebra into a bigger equation. If you combine multiple words together, you get a sentence. You combine multiple sentences together, you get a paragraph. You expand the formula, you make that formula bigger because an adjective is a variable. And in that variable, it's a specific type. It describes the word. So then all you need to do after you sentence diagram, you plug in the words that fit, and then you have your sentence. If you're really struggling to learn on a basic level, and if you're good at math, if you need to learn a language and you, again, are good at math, you do that same concept for that different language. If you're an English person, and let's say you want to learn math, try to speak it. Try to speak your way into math. And that way you'll look at word problems, you'll decipher what they mean. And then you'll put that in your own life and put it into a picture because in a picture, you can talk about a picture, you can relate to a picture. And that way, if you, if you are really good at like English, but you can't do math the life of you, you try to do it that way in something that you can talk about because then you're going to be building those connections subconsciously that way. Mm. Same thing with science in a way. 
is that if you're talking about chemistry, if you're talking about the size of atoms and such, you have something that's completely impossible to study unless you really memorize the periodic table. You can think about it in a way of creating like sayings or analogies to be like, here's where iron is. Iron is this way because of this. Or for the most important things, like this is what you use, this is why you use it, and this is how it comes about. And then you incorporate it in your life. So when you need to read the atomic chart, you'll turn it into a sentence or a, rather than a math equation because there's no way you can remember the weight of okay. hydrogen. Mm. Like you got to figure out a way to make it so you can process it in the language that you speak and in the language that you're most proficient at, whether that's right. English, math, art, figure out that method and then translate everything to that language to then build, retranslate it out to give your answer to the teacher. Because even though they say being a visual learner doesn't exist, like my math teacher will say that all the time, like visual learners don't exist, that's all fake. But in reality is that if you've built up that part of your brain and it's significantly stronger than the other parts, you technically are a visual learner. So you gotta put everything in terms of that. And the school shouldn't accommodate for that. That's why you gotta do it yourself. You gotta learn how you learn to then teach yourself how to learn better. I mean, that's, that's that's so smart. I mean, that's so clever. I mean, have you, where did you come up with this, this concept? Is it tried and tested? Um, well, it is not necessarily tried and tested in a big sheet. It probably is somewhere because the world's big enough to where there's a chance that it is. Yeah. It's more so I've tested in my small group of people that just couldn't grasp it, that mm-hmm. couldn't grasp certain concepts. So I tried just explaining it differently to them. And then I figured out what I did differently. And then I thought about it one day when I was in my junior year. My, uh, my English teacher was like, you know, if we just sentence diagram, we can just do this this way. But because it was an AP class, everyone that's in that English class already knows English and is really proficient in it. So everyone's like, no, let's not do that. But thinking about that in concept, and let's say you take sentence diagramming, and then you bring it back down to people that can't do English that can help them significantly more. It might take them some time to fill it out, but eventually with experience, they'll be faster at it. And then they'll do it subconsciously. And then it starts jumping steps. And that's the good thing is when you have enough experience to where you can skip steps and then build that skill on your own. Wow. But it just takes time, isn't it? It's about, again, consistency and repetition for for that to work. You can't just do... (laughs) you know, one day here and one day here, because it, it just, just wouldn't work in that way. You have to keep doing it. And that's the hard part about a teenager's life is that it really isn't consistent. Yeah. I really wish it was. If I could plan on at this time, I'll be free. At this time, I won't be free. <laughs> but it's really impulsive in a sense. So that's why you got to try to not form habits around time, but form them around locations, form them around other objects, because you can make those consistent. If every time you eat cereal, you study math, you can then make that branch in your head. You can make that consistent because you can always make a bowl of cereal. You don't always choose what's happening at seven o'clock. So try to tether things to each other in a sense that's more freeing than time because time is is a constraint in a sense. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty smart going. Love that. Love that, Jonathan. Wow. Um, God, I mean, what? I mean, you're obviously still studying. You're at college now. Am I right in saying? Yeah. I am. What are you studying? What are your, you know, what's your goal? What do you want to do when you leave college? I know, I know, and I've read somewhere, or I might have heard somewhere that, you know, I know you're really into business. And at some point, I don't know if you still do do this, but you try and write a business. You've got a book, a business idea book, and you write business. You've been writing down ideas for God knows how many years. I do. I mean, so there's quite a few questions there. (laughs) 
um, yeah, let's go back to my, my original question. What, what, is your, what are your plans when you leave college? Maybe oh, everything ties in. <laughs> well, the plan is after I graduate from college, I want to get some stable job for about eight to 10 years. But during that time, I want to take a lot of my paycheck and just like put it on the side invest in something that I can liquidate when I want so I can use that money as startup capital for my business, whatever that may be. At the moment, it seems like it's going to be a private school. That's what it seems like at the moment. Isn't what my degree is in. Oh, well, I'll deal with that at another point in time. But it's, I think it's going to be a private school or either it's going to be some form of a business to where I can then take it, then I can scale it and then create an empire in a sense. But while I'm in college, I also have some plans to work on some projects that hopefully will put me already on the map so I won't need to work for my startup capital. I'll already have generated my startup capital while I'm in college. Well, wow. That's, that's pretty smart going because I know that you've been writing down business ideas for, for a number of years now. So this does not surprise me at all. I mean, how are you balancing everything, Jonathan? You're studying, your business ideas, your writing. Because as you said earlier, you've got a second book coming out, haven't you? I do. Well, as far as studying, I don't study. Easiest way to do it, don't do it. Easiest way to make time for something is just not to do it. I'm going to need to start studying for calculus, though. So I'm incorporating that while I'm at college because it's an hour drive and I have nothing to do sometimes. So I'll just study calculus there. That way that gets that out of the way. And then since when I'm at home, I can write anywhere when I'm on the go. But I like to do it when I'm in sort of a mindset. So recently, I haven't had the time with just how life's been to really write. I have all the ideas ready for it. I just need to put them into words and then fully explain them. And then I need to put them inside the book. So the framework's already made. I just need to get to writing it when I have the energy and the time to, when I can get more than five hours of sleep. But balancing it is just doing more than everyone else. And that's part of the issue also when you're in college, that if you have friends that are, as you transition out of Mm -hmm. high school, I have friends that are in college. I have some friends that only work weekends. So to hang out with these people, I need to like adjust myself in a way because when I'm available isn't when they're available. So if I plot things in my life around when I'm free, I won't really have time to hang out with friends and I need, you need that balance in a way. Mm, So I'm muscle memory states that I can let certain things fall by the wayside. So like with writing my book, with writing the second book, I already have the stamina of like of writing the first book that way i don't need to really worry about the stamina for writing the second one i just need to be sure and get it out there when i have the time because i muscle memory is just going to come right back okay get all that stamina back whenever because i've already trained it in a way right so that's kind of the plan is that do more things at once and when you can't do more things at once let the highest skilled thing that you don't need to do drop down a ring and then whenever you're ready then reinsert that back into your life okay Okay, what about, I mean, productivity as well? I mean, that's a big thing for you, isn't it? As well as efficiency. Just, yeah, touch upon I mean, they're hand in hands. Yeah, I guess they are, aren't they? I mean, what about, um, you told me about obviously your ambition, just sounds like you're kind of like just kind of going with the, you know, kind of going with it, going with the flow. What about challenges? What are your biggest challenges? Have you had any really big challenges? Well, I mean, with this project that I want to do, it is a massive challenge. So it's to create a blockchain-based currency, cryptocurrency. And this is going to be a currency that legit, that will be outsourced to logistics companies. So the purpose of this currency and this blockchain is to enable 100% efficiency within deliveries. 
And while that's such an important thing is that we waste so much energy with delivering products. And as you should know, is that deliveries take a lot of effort to get from a warehouse to your house. That is the hard journey is from that stretch from warehouse to warehouse. It's easy. You can just send trucks back and forth because they're going to be picking up goods and dropping them off both ways. Yeah. But when you do a one-way journey, you then need to figure out the peak efficiency on how to do it. And then how can you make it adapt in real time to weather conditions, to GPS? And then how can you take an infinite amount of points, create an infinite number of routes with a limited number of drivers and a limited number of time to get the max efficiency. And then anytime when you have a problem with infinity in it, you then need to define infinity. So to do that, you need to then give it a set of very large data, have it sort through it, create its own ideas as a neural network, and then test those ideas and then let it solve and fix through test case scenarios until it eventually either creates its own patterns and gets it right, or we can develop a formula for it. Wow. You so, sold yeah. it to me. You sold that one to me. I mean, goodness. <laughs> it's a whole experience. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. How long did that take you to come up and how long have you been developing this idea, Jonathan? Well, developing the idea has probably been maybe a month. <laughs> okay. But like, like thinking about the idea is a simple part or is, yeah, it really is a simple part. Doing it, however, is a whole nother thing. Cause then you got to explain to a computer how half of the stuff works. Right. <laughs> okay. And you got to try and tell it how the world exists. <laughs> And then you need the computational power to then pull it off. You then need to create an economy because anyone that mines this currency or has this currency is going to be rewarded with another, with another set of it. This currency then needs to be pegged against the dollar somehow mm-hmm. to have value so they can then sell it for real money. That way they can use their hashing power to solve this for the companies. Okay. So it's wow, creating we the economy, best. Yeah. creating a product. Yeah, it's a long, it's a lot of work. Yeah, that sounds really challenging. I wish you all the best with that one. I wish I could just Google it in a sense. I wish I could just be like, (laughs) all right, here's how you do this. Plug this in. We're good to go. No, well, this is it. This is you. So hopefully in a few years time, you know, people will be Googling what you're doing and you'll be coming up with your ideas and people will be building upon what you've uh, advised them. That's the plan. It's a lot of pressure, though. Yeah. Wow. It's all good, though. It's brilliant. You know, you can do it. If anyone can do it, you can do it. Now, just a few more questions, Jonathan. Um, I was just going to ask you about, I mean, first of all, your, your mates. I know you said that your mates are from all different, you know, they have different interests and everything. But how do they, how do they look at you? Because you're very, you know, obviously you're, you're very, um, like we were saying, different in many ways to some teenagers. How do they relate to you? Well, I mean, it's sometimes how do they relate to me or more so how do I force myself to them? Relate to them. them. Yeah. Because I change myself based on everyone that I talk to. That way I can get the optimal conversation out of it. Mm. So with that, you then got to think about how can I change myself in a way? And in a group setting, how can I be a merge of all three of them in a way? It's all subconscious now, but that was originally a big thing. And then it's just... Some people treat it as good for you. You're doing something. Some people are just like, this is all you've done in a way. So it's a, a very broad spectrum. I think that kids yeah. can be very brutal sometimes. Of course. Yeah. So I think there's sometimes the harshest audience to really get past. Yes. And with that said, it, it happens. You can get past it. If you just think about it, you focus on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you have your ways of dealing with emotion, the two main ways yeah. besides the point. But cool. it's... All of that in a sense. So it's a bunch of different people. Some people, they always view me as characters. 
everyone views me as a unique person. No one's like, oh, this is who this person is. Like, they can't describe me in one word to somebody. They have to be like, he's a character. Yeah. I mean, do you go out dancing and stuff like that? Do you go out to the, do you do kind of teenage type stuff? Well, I say teenage type stuff. I mean, I went to prom. We had that around in our time. We barely got that out. But yeah. Other than that, I don't really have much energy to like, Go to go to like a party in someone's house to drink, especially with COVID now. Yeah, I'm not sure. risking that because everyone's in a tiny proximity in a house. It's all sealed up. No one's wearing a mask. People are drinking. I can't get around that. Yeah, sure. But in college now, I'm in an environment where that doesn't exist. Like I go to kind of a nerdy small school, so parties don't really exist there. To to that degree, so it kind of is what it is in that sense other people have gotten to do it i'm like okay i can go like google something yeah. <laughs> in this time i can play video games in this time like i have better things to do in a way sure yeah you just choose to use your time differently which is which is fine because like half fine. the time you won't remember what happened at said party yeah yeah and then like you're kind of all just jumping around in a sense you communicate you talk with someone <gasps> who you might not know the next day that's it so it's all just like something that doesn't really build on itself. Mm. Granted, someone can argue same thing with video games, but video games can teach indirect skills. Besides the point, I guess partying can teach you social skills. It's an entire social map. Then you got to map out behaviors if you really want to figure it all out. Yeah. Don't have the time for that right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, just choose to use my time differently. I don't find that stuff too interesting. Those yeah. that do, though. No, absolutely. Each to their own. You know, whatever rocks your boat whatever rocked your boat um and can you just a few more questions jonathan can you recommend any i know if you've got your book and you've got one coming out but can you recommend any, recommend any other useful resources or books that our listeners can tap into oh that's a tough one well i don't like reading i'm very against reading you don't like reading i don't all. like reading Why? That's, i just can't get around it i can speed read but like if i'm just like reading for like pleasure in a sense it doesn't really go about true it doesn't really work that well i can do it it's just like do i want to spend my time that way no time to go google something but i would say so a good resource is always use a search engine that can always help but a good book is honestly just fiction books if you look at a story a story is written like a story because it has a purpose behind it if you can find that purpose to that story, you can get the self-help meaning about it. You can get the reason as to why, in a sense. If you take it further than just the words that are on that page, it tells a story. It tells a lot. It tells you the psychological profile of the author. And with that, you can definitely figure it out and make your own choices based on the story and how it works in a way. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. But read fiction books if you're into reading and then take those messages out further from just that book to get it to a life lesson. Okay. Great, 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 great. And what is the biggest lesson life has taught you? I mean, you've been on this planet for 18 years. What what in these those like 18 years? Is there anything? Everything is equal. Everything is equal. Everything is equal and everything adds to one. That is the thing that I don't think will ever change about life you, in a sense. Can you break that down to for those listeners who don't quite not quite grasp in that? All right. So we have a set amount of resources on this earth, right? So whatever that chemical composition is, it's a set amount of resources. Let's say that value is one. 
then as we use resources on this planet, that value of one never changes because anything that was on this planet is getting transformed to something else that was on this planet. So it's still equal to one as we convert it and change it. So all that we've been doing as a society over time is speeding up the process of the equation that adds everything together. We've been converting everything faster. So we've been making, we've been making things at an incredible rate. And then with that, the things that are still by nature, such as dissolving plastics and such, take so long because that's how the earth processes it. If we begin to study and research that, then we can increase that speed and then we can eventually make it so something is everything but nothing at the same time. Because it will be switching states so quickly based on what we need it to do that it will do everything. But if you look at the reality, it does nothing in nature by itself. Everything's assisted with everything. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to take that even further to a sense and you expand that out to the universe. Everything that was there once was, always will be, everything, and it just converts. And as it converts faster and faster, that's what it is. And people are sometimes can even be described as this, as that like one is the sum of, of just a person in nature. And then you add and subtract the different values of them. And then that equals that whole in itself. And everything's all equal, as ironic as it seems. That's why it's so precariously balanced as a world. And then when you spend time researching something, you have the upfront cost, which would be, let's just use that as I, then you multiply that by the amount of resources that it took. The upfront cost times the resources that it took to create it equals the total benefit that it will have over an infinite number of time in quotes, still finishing the formula. But everything can still relate to math in a sense that everything that once was always will be, anything that does should have in a way. So whatever existed will exist. And then as things, as you put time into new things, they will only be the sum of the old things. So yeah, it's a very interesting thing to really think about and wrap your head around that nothing's ever really changed. It's just moved. Right. Food for thought. Food for thought. Wow. It is. It is. My book's a little bit dark, so (laughs) be aware of that because life isn't that happy-go-lucky. I feel that self-help books that do that are a little bit cliche in a way because it really is not as happy as it is. And why do you think that? Why do you say that? Because happiness is essentially just not sadness. Or no, sadness is not happiness. That's basically how we describe it. So with that, nothing about life in nature is happy or sad. So that means it must be sad because it's not happy. So because it's sad, then you start to think about everything. Because if everything is equal to one, any good day that you have is met by an equal opposite bad day. Newton's law, if you guys are taking physics, is what that is. Thermodynamics. Science can sometimes relate to things outside of it. Interesting. It's also the sign of the cosine or sine graph if you really do the math on it. But any spike is met with an equal or opposite force underneath that to all balance to one or zero in this case. But with that, it's just nothing to be happy about because anything that's happy is going to be met with equal sadness. All joy is sourced from the opposite of joy. So you can be happy about it, knowing that it's temporary. You can also be you can be happy knowing that you have happiness. You can also be happy that your sadness is temporary. Either way you look at it, it's biased because no matter what, it doesn't, it's not anything different than what it is as just one as a point in your life. So yeah, yeah I hear what you're saying, but you know, yeah. it's um it's 
I mean, to me, and I hear that, you know, it's a bit yin and yang, isn't it? It's like, as you're saying, there's obviously opposites, you know, there's positives and negative. But, you know, I think if you are in that moment of feeling joy and, and feeling happy, you know, I think that's, a, that's a, a great state to be in, regardless of whether it might, if you're saying it's the same as being sad, if it's coming from the same place, you know, if that's what I'm saying, it's, it's it, you know, I think for you to think, oh, if I'm feeling sad, feeling happy, then really I should be feeling sad because it's the same emotion. I think, you know, I think as a society, I think that's quite a sad way to live our lives, to think, well, no, I'm, I don't want to be happy or I don't, don't want to be joyful because it's coming from the same place as sadness. That's my personal take on, on, on it anyway. I guess, but joy is just an escape in a way. If COVID's taught me anything, it's that like people hate their lives. They really do. So they need to find escapes. And when all those escapes were canceled because of COVID, that's where all the mental health issues didn't stem from. They were already there. They just became unsuppressed because we had no escape in a sense. So yeah, be happy when you're happy, but just know on the back of your mind that that happiness is going to be met with equal sadness over time, Mm. over the grand scheme of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I I think it's like, again, it's not putting your, it's not relying on, um, a certain way of being you know it is very much about being neutral in in a way you know because or putting your happiness into material things or 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 things or um entertainment or other people or parties or whatever because when like you said with when certain situation happens like crises like covid happens then of course you're going to be um feeling sad because you're you've been attached to all those things but if you're whole within yourself and not rely on external things or material things to make you happy when those things are not there then you're not missing those things you're 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 much strong you're you're stronger you're strong either way with regardless they're there or not it's that you're you know you're you're within yourself you're you're okay with yourself being okay with yourself is one thing, but then that begs the question, would you rather feel happiness and sadness or nothing at all? Because in at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which one exists. Mm. It just depends on your choice of reality, which then decides that's the two paths of emotion, really. Do you choose to feel happiness and sadness and take the good and the bad, or do you choose to just feel nothing, not really knowing if you're ever really alive? Questions for the future. <laughs> yeah, for no, I do about. hear. I do hear what you're saying. I, I completely hear what you're saying. But you know, and again, this is this is another conversation because we we could go on and on and on. Right, last piece, last um, question for you, Jonathan. What three tips or piece of advice would you give a teenager or young adult? Use your time while you still have it. Learn as much as you can. Even even if you think it's useless or if it's meaningless make it useful, do it and find an interest. Like you need to make sure you have one interest. You need to make sure you can, you just learn stuff. Mm. I don't care what it is. Learn something like try not to do surface level learning, but try to like learn something like to an in-depth point to where you can do a, a dissertation on it, have that at least one thing under your belt. And then it's have enough general knowledge of the world to where you can then expand that knowledge to interact with whatever you need to interact with in life. So have the general foundation and then take that foundation to interact with concepts. And those concepts should take you to anything that you need to deal with in life. If you can just put it in terms of those concepts, it's a lot of algebra. Yeah. 
Great. Wow. Thank you so much, Jonathan. That conversation, wow, it was very powerful, very deep, very thought-provoking. I've got, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely going to have to listen back to this episode about a hundred times to really, because I know I'm going to be picking up nuggets of, um, you know, information and, you know, advice every time I listen to it. And, um, you know, going you're amazing. You know, you've really opened up my eyes in many ways, you know, and um, I, I appreciate that. And I thank you for that. Wow. Uh, Jonathan, how can our listeners connect with you? All right. Well, I have, I mean, there's obviously the book, my website. You can shoot me an email if you got any questions, you want to write something yourself. Let me know. I'm always happy to help in someone else's projects. Okay. Always great to see people. Oh, just brilliant. having their own projects. Uh, and what is your email address? I mean, I will add it to the show notes. Of course, jonathan.nazario at gmail.com. Okay. Fantastic. But no, it's just really good to see people that have their own projects, whether they want, like, that they're doing it, that they're trying something. That's okay. really good to see. And you can only really be happy for someone else after you've sort of found your own happiness in a way. Right. Right. And I think so, that goes yeah. back to what I was kind of trying to allude to earlier. It's about you finding your happiness and whatever that, you know, whatever that is, it is your happiness, you know, and no one can take that away from you. Yeah. Well, there's that. There's Twitter. There's Instagram. Yeah. Any other methods you want to reach me, you can probably figure it out. Like Wonderful. the internet's big enough. You can, you can figure it out. Yay. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much. You know, as I said, it was, it was incredible, this conversation. And I really, truly admire your, yeah, your wisdom, you know, and what you're doing. And it's amazing, you know, keep doing what you're doing, um, writing your books, getting your message out, thinking about business ideas. And I wish you all the best in college. And uh, I know you're going to fly through all your exams. So you don't need <laughs> I know you will. And I wish you all the best. And I look forward to hearing, getting an update, see where you're at, you know, see where you're at, you know, with of everything. Of course. It's been a joy talking here. It's just, it's been great. We've been talking, having a great conversation. Yeah. No, it's been, it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, do keep in contact. I'd love, I'd love you to keep in contact. So. Of course. Wonderful. All right, my listeners. Um, God, I hope you got as much value out of this conversation as I did. And um, Jonathan's given you his uh, contact details. So do, you know, check him out. You know, as he said, he's very open and he's been more than willing to, you know, to, to um, for you to email him or to, you know, for you to just connect with him. And remember to check out the link in my bio. You know, it's got all my social media links and website, oyana.co.uk. And as always, if you're looking for a mentor or transformational coach, please email me. I would be more than happy to support you. So until next week, uh, as always, keep learning, live fearlessly, practice gratitude and love unconditionally. This is Carol Oakley. Peace and love to you all.